It's the Matt Collins Show. It's the Matt Collins Show. Hey, hey, hey. How's it going there, friend? It's me, Matt Collick, and you're listening to episode seven of the Matt Collick Show. Uh, the Matt Collick Show, of course, being my podcast, hosted by me, Matt Collick. It's about me, Matt Collick. <laughs> Uh, guys, friend, I don't know. I, I, I know that in emails, it's uh, the best practice is to refer to you as, hey there, person, uh, individual. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, speaking directly to you. It's just me and you here in this conversation. Podcasts, uh, do I address the entire audience or do I address, it's such an intimate form, of, it's such an intimate medium. Um, like I'm probably directly in your ear holes right now if you're listening the way many podcast listeners listen. That's certainly the way I listen. Um, it's less likely now that you're listening in your car. Um, I read an article recently that uh, about, um, I think it was based on numbers that Spotify put out there. Uh, basically, everybody's listening habits, whether it's for podcasts, music, or, or whatever, it's basically like every day is a Sunday now. Uh, podcast listenership is down overall about 25% compared, uh, if we look at this April compared to last April. Um, and that's largely because so many podcasts are listened to on people's commutes and uh, people aren't commuting. People aren't commuting. So uh, it's less likely that you're hearing me in uh, in your car stereo right now. More likely that I'm on your earbuds. Uh, even more likely now that I'm coming through like your, your sound bar on your TV or, or something like that. Um, yeah, so good times. So it's episode seven. Uh, once again, no guest, no guest today. It's just me rambling for a while. Um, it's 1.30 p.m. on Monday, May 4th, 2020, Star Wars Day. Uh, also, the anniversary of the Kent State shooting, uh, immortalized in the Crosby, Stills, Nash song, Ohio. Uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young song, Ohio. Yeah, it's it's quite a day. Um yeah, I want to talk about that. Um, I actually just got done meditating. I, I, I went into a, a, like a six-minute meditation prior to sitting down and recording this. So um, I'm going to ramble for a little bit about news and what's happening in, in my world uh, these days. And then I'm going to take a little break. And then I'm going to come back and talk about meditation, mindfulness, and imagination, apostrophe imagination. Um, these are things I'm thinking a lot about lately. And I thought I'd share my thoughts with you. So... Yeah. Okay. First, we're going to get into some news, though. Um, the last episode of the podcast was episode six. Um, this is actually the eighth episode of the podcast you're listening to right now. Even though it is episode seven, you're listening to the eighth episode. I released, uh, recorded and released a bonus episode of the podcast over the weekend. I released that on Saturday the 2nd for my patrons. Uh, that's a Patreon-only episode of The Matt Collick Show. I went for about a half hour, and I, I described my song, How Do I Get Back to That Place? I have a song called How Do They Get Back to That Place? And uh, I went into de detail about that song and uh, how I wrote it, the chords, the tuning, and uh, the story behind it. So if you want to check that out, um, it requires that you join join my Patreon and become a uh, subscriber at the $5 level or above. So that's the kind of stuff I'm putting out for my patrons. Uh, if you're interested in supporting me that way, um, helping the podcast out, helping my career out, and uh, getting some cool exclusive content in exchange, certainly visit my Patreon and sign up. Um, you can sign up for as little as $1 a month. However, if you want to get that, that super sweet bonus content, uh, episode 6.5 in particular. It's still fresh, still fresh out there. Um, you need to sign up for the $5 level. Um, I'm trying to provide more and more value to to patrons there, so I'm going to be putting more and more stuff out there. Maybe uh, maybe two bonus episodes a month, something like that. We'll, we'll see how it goes, but I had a lot of fun doing that episode. Um, I hope I hope you get a chance to listen to it. If, if you're not a patron, maybe you'll become one one day. Maybe you know a patron who can who can hit you with the uh, with the audio file um, without me knowing about it. That's a possibility. That might be how it happens. So that's out there. Episode six point five, patrons only. Um, that would be awesome if you signed up and and checked out that episode. But um, yeah, I will always keep this podcast free on the main feed, and I'm gonna try to really stick to the one episode a week. Uh, uh, schedule for that. But um, if you want a little extra, you want extra episodes of the show, that's what the, the Patreon is for. So there's that. Uh, let's see here. 
uh, the Tiny Desk submission. It was uh, approved and it's now uh, officially on the NPR Music uh, Tiny Desk Contest website. So that's pretty cool. Uh, if you go to tinydeskcontest.npr.com or whatever, search Tiny Desk Contest 2020. And um, if you look at the uh, Watch Entries tab and you put in the state of New Mexico, I'm, I'm one of the entries there. I believe about like 45 to 50 uh, entrants are representing New Mexico this year. So that's pretty cool. I'm proud to be one of them. Uh, so that entry is live. Of course, I did my song, They Died Alive. Uh, which I explained in great detail in episode six. Um, one of the things I, I talk about in the bonus episode, and um, and I'm going to tell you about now, is that it, almost immediately after recording that episode, um, like, well, a couple hours later, I was out on my walk last Monday, and I thought, man, I over-explained that song. I completely de- demystified that song. And I kind of thought, I almost... Uh, deleted the episode. I almost took it down because I, I thought I gave away too much. I took the magic away from the song by explaining it too much. But then I thought, no, no, that was my instinct. That was my idea. I wanted to do it and it's up there and, and there it is. Um, and you know what? People who listen to my music, it's like who, if, if I get fans and they really like that song, there's only a certain percentage that gets funneled through down to the podcast where they actually hear the explanation of they died alive. I feel like the podcast is going to be like a, a, a something for Matt Collick super fans. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I explained, over-explained my song, They Died Alive, which is what I did for the NPR Tiny Desk Contest. Um, I encourage you to watch my video for, for this song, my entry. It's on my website, mattcollick.com. If you click over to the, uh, the videos tab of the website, you'll be able to see my entry. And uh, hey, subscribe to my channel on YouTube and, and all that. Uh, give, it a, give it a like, all that. But um, anyway, I was going on and on about how I over-explained that song. I demystified it. I want to keep some mystery. And, th- and this is kind of like one of the central tensions in all this shit I'm trying to do. Um, like there's a part of me that wants to be like Prince and just completely isolated and like the public only sees what I want them to see. And that's like... There's a lot of anticipation because there isn't a lot that I want the public to see. Um, and then there's another side of me that's like, I just want to expose expose everything and put it all out there and expose the process. And um, like, I don't know, like I kind of feel both of those things equally. And I'm trying to find a spot that doesn't feel like a compromise between those things. It feels more like a uh, I'm holding both of those things and they're both true at the same time. So that might be an impossible balance to strike, but that's what I'm going to try to do with all things Matt Colick. So, um, yeah, I want to I want to share my world and my life with you and my thoughts and how I think about songwriting and all of my creative endeavors. But I, I don't want to take the mystery away. I need to keep some 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 mystical mystery, mysteriousness uh, going. So all that being said, I'm going to keep that episode up there. It will serve as sort of a Rosetta Stone in terms of like if somebody wants to know about my songwriting process and the choices I make and like what what kind of tendencies I have, they could listen to that song explainer for They Died Alive and just like learn a lot about not just how I wrote that song, but how I approach songwriting in general. Um, and then in episode 6.5, because I said I was going to do it, I went ahead and did another song explainer for How Do I Get Back to That Place. I left a little more mystery in this one, but I did go into quite a bit of detail with it. So um, that again is the bonus episode on Patreon. Those are the two song explainers that I'm going to do like that. I I want to talk about my songs. I want to like bring in songs to the podcast and talk about them, but I just need to figure out how I'm going to do that without completely demystifying them. So I, I hope you understand where I'm coming from with that. Uh, let's see. Over the weekend, I uh, yeah, there's the tiny yes, that, that's old news. You heard all about that, and they died alive. You heard all about that. Um, I rearranged the studio. Uh, I, I put the desk. I basically fa- faced the desk in the opposite direction from where it had been facing. Um, I had the office studio arranged pretty much strictly for filming my tiny desk contest video, and that dragged on for over a month. So that's just how I was kind of living in this office. But now. Um, that's done. The entry has been submitted and I can do whatever I want. So I've, I've set up the office. Hopefully the, the, the audio sounds a little better, a little less boomy and 
shit like that um, on this podcast. It, it, I, I feel like it sounded better on the bonus episode, and I feel like it's with this configuration of the room, the sound is a little better for for podcasting. So I hope you appreciate that. If, um, let me know what you think, if, if you noticed any difference at all. Um, I've given myself a lot more room for like recording bass and guitars and just being able to move my body around as I'm recording music in here. Um, speaking of recording music, I keep talking about this album I'm, I'm, I was supposed to release on 420. It's like this burning idea in my body and mind. Uh, Microorganism, my first album. It's it's a quarantine album. It's a coronavirus album. Um, the the whole idea for the concept behind the album came to me like mid March when everything was really starting to go down. Um, and I've been recording it. It's going to be seven songs, and I'm really getting. I, I continue getting closer and closer to finishing tracking. But what I've noticed is that I need to really, really uh, relearn my mixing skills. Um, I get like just completely lost in there sometimes. Once I've tracked the song, I've got all the sounds I want and I feel good about it. Getting into the mix and really working well with compression and EQ, there's so much I need to brush up up on there. Um, I went to school for that shit back in the uh, the mid-2000s at Madison Media Institute, and I really learned a lot. Um, like, I can get myself 70% of the way there just with everything I, I kind of remember from those days and my natural instincts. Um, but there's still like 30% where it's like, I kind of know where I'm, what I'm doing, but not quite. So I feel like microorganism needs to be delayed even longer now. I, we're still looking at the May 15th release date uh, two, in like less than two weeks. So uh, I, I don't know, though. I don't know if that's going to happen now because I'm, I've enrolled in a in YouTube mixing university. <laughs> I've been watching this series called The Fundamentals of Mixing with this uh, fellow named uh, Michael White. He's like a well-known mixing engineer who's worked with like everybody. Um, I, I don't want to go down the list. That's that's tedious. So I've been watching these YouTube videos. I'll probably sign up for his website and, and learn more advanced stuff too. But I feel like that's going to take some time, time that will delay the release of microorganism even more, but it, it's like, I need, I need to know how to, like, I need to brush up on my mixing skills and make, make sure shit sounds good. There's so many like, uh, bedroom recordings, like, uh, independent recordings. That's just like, God, the songs are so good. And uh, the performances are good. The vision is cool, but it's just like, I wish uh, that person had learned how to mix or had brought it to a, a more, a professional mixing engineer. Friends, if I had money, I would take this shit to a professional mixing engineer if I could pay somebody to do it. But I want to learn how to do it myself because, well, I don't have any money. I can't afford to pay people. And I, I honestly, I kind of want to know how to do that. I want to get good at it. This reminds me of how I wanted to get good at singing um, last year around this time. And I, I got good at it. Um, much better than I, I used to be. So I don't know how far exactly I'm going to take this this uh, mixing university YouTube learning how to record and mix and master stuff. But I'm going to take it as far as I can until I feel more confident about my abilities there. So yeah, that's been another thing. I've been plowing through those tutorial videos over the weekend. Um, let's see. Uh, we had our swamp cooler turned on. We, we had our first 90 plus degree days. So it was time to turn on the old evaporative cooler out here in the Southwest where we have very little humidity. That is an option. Uh, basically, it pumps moist air into the house and then the dry air um, like sucks up and uses up that moisture energy. So you have the heat energy and the moisture energy. And when you put them together, they create cool energy. So the, the process of evaporation creates cooling. Um, it's like sweating. Like when your body sweats and it evaporates, that's your body's way of cooling itself. That's um, how the swamp cooler works here. Um, technically, they're called evaporative coolers um, because of the evaporative process that creates the cool sensation. Yeah, so that was fun. We got that turned on. Uh, I had cannabis delivered legally for the first time from one of the dispensaries that just instituted a, a delivery program. So that was kind of cool. Uh, let's see. What else? What else? Um, I've been noticing, uh, Annie and I both have been noticing in our neighborhood how poorly people are are uh, handling coronavirus. Um, not in, not in, like emotionally like, oh, this coronavirus, I don't know what to do. It's more like, they don't give a fuck. It's more like they don't, they don't care. It's just business as usual. The next door neighbors uh, who have the dog that they make live in its own shit, 
um, that I had an argument with a couple weeks ago. Um, they're just, that lady who lives there is just having people over constantly, different people constantly, and they're grilling out and shopping and nobody's wearing a mask. Annie and I go out on walks and like, we're the only ones we see who are wearing masks. Uh, there's the white guy with dreads across the way. Um, so, you know, whatever you think about white guys with dreads, <laughs> uh, he seems to be dating three people simultaneously and having them over and none of them are aware that he's dating two other people. So that's pretty cool how he's potentially spreading coronavirus that way. Um, all these fomites, all these vectors in this neighborhood. It's like, I just want to get the fuck out of here to where somewhere where people are um, actually taking this more, more seriously and not potentially endangering those of us who are taking it more seriously. Stuff like that. So, you know, whatever. This, this neighborhood and the people in it are, are the people in it. And, and there they are. Here I am. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and that's, and that's that. Guys, wear a mask. Just wear your fucking mask. God damn it. And it's not like, oh, I'm young. I have an immune system. I'm not going to get it. Stop it. Stop thinking that way. It's not about you. I'm not talking about you. It's not about whether you get it or not. It's about controlling the spread. You see, we are all one organism. It's not, we aren't a collection of individuals. We are one human organism. Um, and that's what I'm concerned about is the human organism. I'm not concerned about whether I get it or any individual person might or might not get it. Um, it's about the human organism. So... Let's see. What, what else is going on here? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's Star Wars Day today. Um, man, I've been thinking a lot lately about the rise of Skywalker, the the, uh, the sort of the ending film of the final of the Skywalker saga of the, of the final trilogy of the Star Wars movies. That movie fucking sucks. That's a shitty movie. That's not a good movie. The only thing the only thing I remember about that movie was the bait and switch with Chewbacca. Um which is embarrassing. They should be ashamed of themselves. Um, I would rather watch Jar Jar Binks give 100 TED Talks than watch The Rise of Skywalker again. Um, the Last Jedi, great film. Obviously the best Star Wars film, the one directed by Ryan Johnson that all the fanboys got upset about. Um, like, seriously, did you like The Rise of Skywalker? What do you remember about it? What did you like about it? Like, who is that movie for? I'll tell you who that movie is for. That movie is for the Disney Corporation so they can have a big opening weekend and sell lots of tickets on the global scale in the international market. That's who that movie is for. It's not for anybody who wants to spark their imaginations and have have sweet memories of how the, how the media they consume uh, brought them together with their family or brought them closer to their own values. No, this, this is a movie about Disney... Um, um, maximizing its 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 share of the market and uh, earning profits. That's what The Rise of Skywalker is about, and it's a fucking shitty movie. So happy Star Wars Day, friends. I love Star Wars. I love every... That's why I'm so upset about it. If I didn't give a shit about Star Wars and I didn't like it, then, like, why... I wouldn't... Like, The Rise of Skywalker, yeah, who cares? Um, so, yeah, I don't recommend The Rise of Skywalker. Um, I like the, the Last Jedi a lot. Um... Yeah, so it's Star Wars Day. Uh, we made a cake over the weekend last night. I made a cake, yellow cake with chocolate frosting. Um, reminded me of one time I visited my brother John when he lived in Milwaukee. This was back in 1989. I must have been, yeah, I was 12 years old. I hadn't quite turned 13 yet, which I would do later that year. My parents dropped me off there. They were doing something, and I was just overnight at John's little apartment somewhere in Milwaukee. Um so one of the activities he planned for us was to make a yellow cake with chocolate frosting, and it was just delicious. So, like, that's one of my comfort foods, <laughs> certainly, is making a yellow cake with chocolate frosting. I like chocolate cake with chocolate frosting, of course, like, give me all the chocolate. But if I'm going to have something other than chocolate with chocolate, give me that yellow cake. Give me that yellow cake. Um, yeah, so that, that was delicious. I feel like I ate most of it yesterday and just kind of passed out. I went, I, like... It was sugar as a narcotic. Like, I feel like I skipped over the whole sugar rush thing and just kind of nodded out. Um, yeah, can't, can't keep doing that. That is an unsustainable practice, but I sure enjoyed it. Um, I remember visiting John, Brother John, back in 1989. That's when the Batman movie uh, was released. The first Batman with uh, Michael Keaton in the lead role, uh, with Jack Nich Nicholson as the Joker, of course. Um, it was the third time I had seen that movie. Um, I sold John on it. John was like, like pretty, pretty uh, blind to anything pop culture related. 
Um, I think he may have heard of Batman at the time. And I said, yeah, yeah, it's this awesome movie. I, I've seen it twice already. And like, let's go. I would love to see it a third time. Uh, and he's like, oh, yeah, I remember the, like the old Batman TV show from the 60s with Adam West. Um <laughs> which of course this movie is nothing like. So yeah, I was living on hype for that movie. I convinced my brother to to take me and we went and saw that movie. And I remember like kind of not liking it the third time. I remember kind of seeing the seams, seeing, I remember there were scenes where it was clearly they were using miniatures, which I didn't notice that the first two times I saw the movie, but the third time it was like, it was starting to come apart for me, but I was still like living on the hype. So thinking this is the greatest movie ever. Um, John, didn't like it. He was <laughs> he was not afraid to tell me he didn't like this movie. I was so excited to go and see with him. But, you know, whatever. That was cool. Um, yeah. That, later that fall when school started up again, um, God, I was still into the Batman hype. I remember, like, getting textbooks assigned to us. And, like, we each had to write our names in the, te- in the, in the back of the book. Um, so we would know who it was and uh, who who was responsible for returning the book and keeping it in good condition, yada, yada. Uh, and then the next year, the new person who got the book would write their name in and the following year, the you know, and then there are people the previous years whose names were written in there. So in 1989-90, Matt Colick, I, I wrote, instead of 89-90, Matt Colick, I wrote 89-90, Matt Batman colic. And then I, I drew the, the goddamn bat symbol there. That's how into Batman I was at the time back in 89. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, man, so much, so much hype. I wonder like who got those books subsequently, like, because those books were probably circulating and in use for many years after I graduated high school, even, um, they looked and saw Matt Batman colic. Did nobody called him Batman? He never went by Batman. Uh, yeah, it was just me like being obsessed with that movie and like trying to be, uh, the most obsessed with that movie so much that I, I took on the Batman persona as my own, uh, for like a month. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's fun. It's interesting. Now Batman is like, he's like the shittiest superhero. Um, he's like the rich, privileged billionaire white guy who uh, engages in like the the libertarian wet dream of vigilante justice against the the lower classes, um, incarcerating them, killing them, um, all in the name of billionaire justice. Um, and then he gets his black servant to do all the IRL dirty work for him. Um, <laughs> he, he is truly the shittiest superhero. Um, yeah, so there's, there's a lot been written about that. This isn't a, a, a unique novel idea of mine. Like that's just an idea that's out there that I happen to agree with. Um, do some reading on that. Uh, if you're into Batman, I, I, I encourage you to, to, to do some reading into why he is actually a very problematic superhero. Uh, whatever. It's all fun anyway. Who cares? Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of what's on my mind immediately. That's what's been going on around here. Um, I'm going to take a little break, have a sip of water, and come back and talk about mindfulness, meditation, and apostrophe imagination. Stick around, friends. Hello, hello, hello. I'm back. Um, you heard me say prior to uh, getting into this section, I, I think in the initial section, I, I before I started recording, I, I did a quick meditation. So um, that's a thing I do every day, meditation. It's um, I do it every day, but it's the way I in which I do it is changing. I used to be, when I first got into meditation, I would sit, um, like it was a whole process, a whole ritual. I would sit for 20 minutes twice a day. These days I kind of, uh, sometimes I sit and do mindfulness meditation. Sometimes I just pay attention uh, to my thoughts. Sometimes I do walking meditations. It's more, it's evolved into something more about, uh, less about sitting and engaging in the, in the practice and more about being mindful all the time, carrying mindfulness and presence into my life just on a, like a more, like over overarching holistic basis. Um, mindfulness to me is not about um, changing anything. It's not about becoming more calm or shutting off your thoughts. It's certainly not about being more productive and being a better salesperson or being better at your job or career or advancing. 
Um, it's not about cause and effect. I feel like there's a lot of Western thinking that's infiltrated the way uh, med- meditation is practiced. Um, and, and the way we, we view things like karma, we, we see it as you did that bad thing. And so you're going to, what goes around comes around. And so you're going to get punished for that thing. Um, it's not so much about cause and effect. It's not about like you sit and you meditate. And therefore, if you sit and meditate, you become calmer, you become better at whatever. No, it's, it's about, it's not about doing the thing so you can do another thing. It's about doing the thing, period. It's about being present for the thing, period. Not so the next thing is not so that it can lead to this, which leads to this, which leads to this. Like that is exactly the kind of thinking meditation helps you notice so you can disengage from it because guess what? It is not helpful. (laughs) It is rarely helpful to engage in processes like that mentally. You just keep going down rabbit holes and chasing enemies around in your brain and, and finding faults and uh, and like making lists of mental construction projects that you need to engage in constantly. Um, so yeah, there, I feel like there's a lot of misconception about what meditation is and what it's supposed to do. And, um, oh, and karma, I, I feel in my conception of it is not like a cause and effect thing. It's more like, have you noticed tendencies about yourself about uh, noticed how things sort of always seem to happen to you or things sort of always seem to go a certain way or you kind of notice how you always make a certain kind of choice when presented with with um with with a choice um that's more like what karma is. It's sort of like these are sort of the grooves your soul has been traveling in and you have certain tendencies and now you have incarnated, how can you notice those tendencies and perhaps make different choices? Um, that's how you change your karma. If you say, ah, this always happens to me, or God, I always do this dumb thing. Uh, that's a chance for you to say, um, what if I didn't always do that? What if I became more mindful and I noticed those decision points and made the other choice? Um, and it's a continuing process. It's not about graduating from mindfulness university and earning a, a 90% or whatever and above and then getting a job in the, in, in the mindfulness world. Um, it's about continuously being able to tune in and notice uh, notice your mind, notice your thoughts, and just be aware. I wrote a thing on medium.com. It's called uh, How to Stop Failing at Meditation because people think that they're failing at meditation if they continue to have thoughts, if they continue to have troubling mental imagery, if they continue to like feel anxious. Like That's not failing at meditation. Noticing those things is like you doing meditation properly. Um, noticing stuff like that's that's the whole thing i was going to call this podcast the noticer at first um because it's really all about noticing being aware and then not judging um your thoughts your brain just secretes thoughts that's just what it does they don't belong to you those thoughts don't belong to you those are just like it's like rain coming down it's like ooze coming out of a barrel of toxic waste it's just like something that gets emitted and secreted um and you can just let it go like those thoughts don't belong to you you don't have to live up to them um you don't need to be ashamed if you have something that a uh, thought that doesn't align with your values um all the all that kind of stuff so i look me up on medium and, and read that um what i really want to talk about today though is how my meditation practice has evolved i noticed there was a passivity to my med- meditation practice where it became more and more about just accepting, including um, more about non-action, about just sitting with and accepting everything, which is like, there's nothing wrong with that. That is, in fact, always, to me, what the basis of meditation should be. You always, no matter what you want to do in your life, you always have to start from a place of acceptance of this is the reality of the current situation in this moment. If you can't accept that, then how are you going to move forward if if you don't understand the ground, the the the, the board, the the field you're on and within? Um, but it was becoming more about being passive. I, I wondered how how can I take action? How can I do things? Uh, how can I express certain points of view when I also hold the point of view that like everything is everything uh, like why do anything when everything is everything anything I do is just going to become part of the whole everything um, and so I was having a 
having trouble reconciling that. I had this view of meditation that was about being passive, that was about non, it was about inaction, um, and that wasn't working for me. Um, it was becoming too easy to spiritually bypass, and spiritual bypassing being like, um, like not confronting someone because everything is everything. Every he's just on his own path. She's just doing her own thing. She will be reach enlightenment her own way, or whatever. Or like, oh, it's okay that I engage in this practice because it doesn't matter because everything is perfect anyway. It's all part of a grand plan. Um, where, where everything eventually bends toward like justice and peace and harmony, um, all that. But I, I feel like I need action. I need to like do stuff. Um, and I know that mindfulness and action is possible. I know that mindfulness can happen without meditation. Um, I know that being aware is really the point of it all. And it is possible to be aware at all times. Um, and it's possible to be forgiving at all times, um, like to be aware of somebody in your world who is who is acting improperly, acting harmful, um, and not do anything about it, and to just accept that—that's that's missing the point. Um, we are here in bodies that move through space, um, and we have impacts on things. We do have the ability to engage in a cause and effect relationship with the worlds we live in. So, if things are not uh, not aligned with our values, we, we can say things, we can change things. Um, and I wasn't getting enough of that out of my, my meditation practice as it, as it was. Um, yeah. So it, 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 it kind of has changed from identifying with the observer, the observer being the part of your consciousness that notices when you're angry. So you might think I'm angry, I'm anxious, I'm sad. Um, that's all true on one level. But then there's the part of your mind that notices. I couldn't help but notice I felt sad. I couldn't help but notice. I noticed I felt I feel angry. Um, and that part of your brain, the observer brain, that's where you want to live most of the time. Uh, that monologue, that judgmental kind of critical voice that's always talking and going on and on and on. That's not you. That's not me. I'm the one who observes that. Um, and that's a game changer. Yes, being the observer is so important. Nothing is possible without observing and acknowledging and accepting the present moment. Um, now that I'm the observer, like here we are in real life. I'm observing things and like, is that it? That can't be it. I have this body. I have energy. I have movement. Um, I want things. And that's really the key is noticing like, I want things. People want things. And it's good to want things. To want things is natural. And it, to want things is where the creative urge comes from. And if we're here for any reason at all, it's to create. It's to continuously evolve and create and make things. This is what the universe does. This is what nature does. This is why we're here. Um, all the evidence points to the reason we're here being so that we can create, we can make stuff, we can reflect the world back to itself. We can, we can, we can reflect ourselves back to the world and, and to each other constantly and constantly evolving and creating and, and morphing and mutating. This is why we're here. Um, so, it's okay to want things to, to want something is the first step in creation. So uh, like to want something is not a sin to want something to, to realize that you recognize the way things are now and you would like them to be a, another way. There's nothing wrong with that. There's, there, there's a certain part of my old practice that said, Ooh, I noticed I wanted something. That means my brain is elsewhere and not in the present moment. Um, wanting something is how things happen. Um, nothing happens anywhere at any time unless somebody wants something, which means how are you exploring, how am I exploring what I actually want? Um, and why, like, why do I want money? And maybe, maybe if I drill down deeper, it's not about wanting money. Maybe what I want is to not have to worry about money. That actually is what I want. Um, and so all those wants you have, like, like take them down to their most fundamental level. And that's how you determine what your values are. Um, and that's how you should live your life is, is according to those values, what you really value. Um, so, so where am I going with this? Basically what you want is, is how you want 
your future to unfold and the way you imagine things, the way you think about things, the energy you put into your imagination and your, your vision of how, of what you want, how that actually will manifest. That's what creates your world. Um, you know, I got in that argument with my neighbors a couple of weeks ago about their dog and their shitty, how shitty they are at taking care of their dog. It went exactly how I imagined it going. It went, it was hostile. It was, it was yelling and conflict. And that's exactly how I imagined it. Um, I'm sure that's exactly how they imagined it too. And guess what? That's exactly how it went down largely because that's how we imagined it. Um, Shit comes to life because we imagine it, because we envision it, because we see ourselves in a world where we have the things that we've achieved, where we've, where we have achieved, uh, where we have gotten the things that we want. Um, so if you're not imagining what you want and you're not envisioning what you want, what are you doing? I think, you know, meditation and mindfulness is, is fucking great, um, that's essential. It is a, it is the framework and the ground is the ground from which everything else should spring, but it's okay to want things. In fact, it is necessary to want things. And if you're not expressing how you want things, if you're not refining your wants, if you're not imagining yourself achieving your wants, then what are you doing? What are you doing? We all die. What are you doing here with this life? You, you only got like a couple more decades to go, a few more decades to go probably. Um, why, why are you not examining what you want? Why are you not examining your desires and um, exploring why you're here? Uh, why are you not like refining your talents and, and expressing yourself? This, this is what it's all about. Um, and doing it so in a way that, re, that's, that understands that we are all connected and coronavirus brings this uh, into view better than anything. Uh, we are all one organism and, um, you know, what we can do in terms of achieving what we want, refining what we want, this is how we evolve as a species. This is how we create shit that makes lives better, that generates even more wild and, and, um, and crazy and, um, and, and, uh, wish fulfilling wants. This is the, like by us achieving what we want, the next generation gets to achieve what they want and what they want will be even more, more, um, amazing than anything that we could ever want. And this is how the, the world becomes a better place. This is how the universe becomes more hospitable, hospitable and habitable and even enjoyable for humans to live in. Um, Yes, I'm still the observer. I am the one who is not fused to the thoughts and ideas and all the measuring and counting and comparing and all the materialism. Um, let go of that, but also pay attention to what you want. Uh, what is what are you focused on? What is receiving your perception? Like what you keep thinking about, like that's how you're you're going to continue to keep thinking about. I, I keep... Man, and I keep thinking about all these people who can't stop complaining about the person who currently holds the office of president of the United States. Um, all they do is, did you hear about what Trump did? Oh my God, I can't believe that asshole. Their, their lives are dominated by Donald Trump. Um, ah, oh fuck, I just said that fucker's name. Eh, whatever. Anyway, like, and, and I get it. I get it. It's like serious shit. Um, but like the more you think about it and, and give that person your attention and perception, the more that person will dominate your life. Um, let's not do that. Let's not do that. Like, let's pretend like that asshole doesn't exist. Wouldn't that be amazing? Like, let's actually live in that world now because otherwise that asshole is going to continue to dominate our world. Um, so knock it off. Really, everything that's ever happened in your life happens in your head, has happened in your head. Everything that's happened in my life has happened in my head. Um, like there is the world outside of us, but none of that gets like none of that we happens unless we have an awareness of it. Like, does anything really happen if we aren't aware of it? And where does awareness happen? It's not outside of us. Awareness happens inside our heads. So like everything we've ever experienced, everything we've ever seen in the world is a something that's happened in our brains. Like you see something, it's really your brain processing something and, and feeding information to the part of yourself that's conscious of it. It doesn't actually prove that something happened out there that you saw. Um, 
And really everything, everything, every single thing happens inside our heads, everything. Um, and therefore what we imagine, what we create using our imaginations, like it, it works in reverse too. Like that's what actually exists in the real world. Um, so, and I have a, I have an old friend, like, here's another example of somebody who's just like, I don't talk to him anymore because he's, he's become a fucking gun nut. He sees threats and danger everywhere. Uh, he only pays attention to those things that reinforce that worldview. So therefore he constantly feels threatened. He feels threats. He feels like he's not safe unless he carries a fucking firearm everywhere. Um, which like, no, no, that's not true. That's only true. Yes, it's true for him because that's the worldview he subscribes to. That's the, the where he points his perception. And so for him, yeah, it is a dangerous world. Uh, for me, it's becoming a, a, a less and less dangerous world uh, because my perception is becoming more and more utopian um, and it's becoming... <laughs> more and more focused on a world where uh, people have what they want. People have what they need. Needs are met. Uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. People are way up on that shit now. Uh, we aren't We aren't wanting for basic stuff like food, shelter, and, and, and basic safety. This is the world I'm imagining uh, for myself and everybody else. Uh, do you want to come with me? Come with me. Um, but if you don't, like, I get that. Uh, we're going to be moving on, though, friends. We're going to be moving on. There's a Fiona Apple lyric from um, her song Paper Bag. Um, and this goes back to the idea that everything that's ever happened happened in your head. Um, she's talking about a, a romantic, a former romantic partner. And she said, uh, what, what does she sing? Uh, she sings, he said, it's all in your, uh, he said, it's all in your head. I said, so is everything, but he didn't get it. He said, it's all in your head. I said, so is everything, but he didn't get it. I thought he was a man, but he was just a little boy. Um, that's an interesting lyric, isn't it? <laughs> it's basically everything I'm saying here. Like this person is trying to talk down to you saying, hey, that's all in your head. Guess what, buddy? So is everything. Um, and people, people don't understand that. It's so frustrating when you try to explain the concept of everything being inside one's head to somebody and they think you're the dumb one. They think you're the dimwit. Uh, for holding that sort of uh, magical point of view. Um, but really, where, how is anything outside of our heads? Explain to me how anything could possibly happen outside our heads. We, to prove something to us requires us to see something, but we only see things inside our heads, in our mind's eye. That's the only place anything ever happens. So um, it all happens within so if you want a world to live in that, that, that where things that you perceive as being outside of yourself, where that's more pleasant, more enjoyable, and more conducive to your worldview and your values, uh, it's got to start from inside your head. Um, so that's where I'm at right now with imagination, sort of mindfulness and meditation has sort of evolved into like, what do I want? Like I can observe reality and I can accept things the way they are, but how would I like them to be? What is the world I want to see and uh, how can I create it? So the first step is observing, accepting. That's the mindfulness. The second step is like, what do you want? Um, that's imagining. And then the after that, it's um, like putting it into action. Um, things don't just happen magically just because you think of them. But the more you think of something, the more you can envision it being reality, the more it will tend to bend reality in that direction. Uh, the more I'm thinking about having a music career, the more I envision myself uh, being like playing at a tiny desk concert or being the musical guest on Saturday Night Live or whatever visions I have of my music career. The more I envision those things, the more those types of things come to pass. Um, the more I, and if I would envision my career as just completely being going down the tubes and nobody giving a shit, that's what would happen. Um, and often that's how I do think of my career. I think of my career as like, nobody gives a shit. Nobody's listening to anything. Nobody reads anything. And uh, the more I think that way, the more I notice uh, how people don't give a shit. Um, so I create that. Uh, but when things are going well and my perception of things is going well and, and it seems like people are paying attention and vibing with what I'm doing, that all starts in my head. Of course, there are people who are oppressed. There are people who are living under slavery. Um, there's bad shit in the world. 
And am I saying that these people are responsible for their own terrible fates because that's what they imagined for themselves? No, no. And, and I'm not saying that be, I had a shitty life before all this because that's what I imagined for myself. It's that there was um, more power of imagination and um, manifestation from the people, from the oppressors. Like, and that's a thing we can fight against. We can actually do things in the world. We can envision the world well, first we accept that there are oppressors in this world. Um, then we can envision the world we want in which there are no oppressors, where people don't oppress people. Um, and then we can actually take action. So we have to want the thing. We have to envision the thing first. Um, that's how it works. It's not about like something uh, people are living under terrible oppressive conditions because that's what they imagined for themselves. It's because um, evil has imagination too. So... With all that being the case, and boy, I am sure a woo-woo son of a bitch, aren't I? Oh, also, like, this is just stuff that I'm into right now. Um, I'm no expert on it. This is just the stuff that's kind of dominating my mind. And if you want to learn more about this stuff, uh, there are lots of other podcasts and and, and blogs and, and things you could be, you could be uh, uh, looking into. Um the person I really like to hear talk about this is a comedian whose name is Jessa Reed. She has a podcast called Soberish, which is, it's ostensibly a, like a, a um, addiction recovery podcast, but not really. It's sort of, that's the facade that that kind of contains or is hiding the, the real podcast, which is about um, creating your life using your imagination. Um, so I recommend getting into Jessa Reed's stuff and her podcast, Soberish. Um... There's another fella, Noah Lampert. He has a podcast called Synchronicity, which uh, he talks about this stuff at great length. And, and much of the stuff I'm, I'm talking about today um, and a lot of the words I'm using came from those two people. So get into their stuff if, if you're interested in learning more about this. But this is all stuff that I've known to be true my whole life. Um, I wasn't living my best life at the time when I wasn't believing in any of this stuff. Um, when I've been living my best life, it's when I realized that, like, Everything is in my head. What I imagine is what I create. And um, I want to live in a better world. I want to live in a world where what I want becomes reality. And what I want is a better life for a lot of other people, too. Um, I'm imagining a world where all the power structures, that uh, the, the patriarchal power structures that uh, maintain capitalism and keep black and brown and oppressed peoples oppressed. Um, I'm imagining a world without those power structures. I'm imagining a world where those power structures melt away and um, like the people who are oppressed by those structures get to actually get more in tune with what they want and the world benefits from <laughs> the, the maximization of imagination. That's that's really what it's all about. And it all happens within, it all happens in our heads. Um, and I really, honestly, I'm not sure I know what I'm talking about, but here I am. Life has been continuously improving since I started getting into all this woo-woo bullshit. So um, there you have it. Maybe it'll work for you too. Uh, guys, I guess that's the podcast for today. Um I wasn't sure what I was going to talk about, but then I was eating breakfast today and I thought, eh, I'll, I'll just ramble about mindfulness and meditation, that sort of stuff. <sighs> so, hey, it's been episode seven. Um, this has been a lot of fun. I don't know when I'll have a guest again, but um, for as long as I can just kind of keep talking about stuff, I, I guess I'll keep doing this. In fact, these episodes without guests are the ones listeners seem to be downloading uh, much, much more than the others. So with that, please, please download and listen to my interview episodes. Uh, episode two features my interview with Mary Dean. Uh, that's a duo consisting of Jason and Melissa Katinger, my friends. Um, they escaped a cult. That's a, it, they, they tell a great story and I, I, I get it out of them on that podcast. Episode three features the amazing uh, soul singer-songwriter Melissa Rios. Uh, episode four features Kira Holt, who just released some new music. Um, the, these are fun episodes, and I think you'll you'll get a lot out of those interviews um, that I did. Man, I did them way before Rona season, so I get it. If you're not interested in listening to content from before this time, I'm I'm the same way. Uh, but I, I recommend you check out those episodes if you're liking the podcast and you're liking listening to me. You'll you'll like listening to to my guests as well. So yeah, listen to other episodes, rate and review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Tell all your friends. Uh, send me an email, matt at mattcolic.com. Let me know what you think. 
uh, ask some questions. Uh, and it would be great to have a, a listener email, a listener whatever correspondence section on the podcast. Um, I talked about Patreon before. I'll mention it again. Uh, mention it again. Become a patron and get lots of free exclusive sh- shit. I was going to say stuff. I couldn't tell whether I wanted to go with shit or stuff, so I went with stuff. But I wanted to, you know what? I, I deferred to the shit, and I'm glad I did, because that's where my head's at. Ah, this is what happens when a person talks uh, for, for more than 48 minutes at a time. <laughs> so Patreon, check out the website, mattcolic.com, uh, all the social media. Uh, be kind to each other. Please wear a mask if you're going out there. And... Um, you know, be safe, take care, uh, imagine the life you want, imagine the world you want, not just for you, but for everybody else. And um, it's it's okay to do that. It's okay to do that. Also, if you have negative thoughts, uh, once again, those are just secretions. You can like just let them go. They'll go away on their own. Uh, the more attention you give to them, the more like your your brain will 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 get permission to secrete those things. Um, so stop giving your brain permission to secrete those things. I, I permission, that's the wrong word. Um, your brain's going to s- secrete some bullshit. Um, just let it happen. The, the more attention you give to it, the more it's going to secrete that shit. The less attention, the less bullshit you'll have to deal with in your mind. Which, again, is where everything happens. Uh, Hey, follow me on Spotify. Listen to the theme song repeatedly on Spotify, the theme song for this podcast on Spotify, and and get those play counts up. I will be releasing more new music soon. Uh, Like I said, I'm I'm educating myself, but I'm also, I've got some stuff in the can that's almost ready to go. So I'll get that out real soon. And I will keep you posted. I'll be back here next Monday, somehow, some way, with another uh, episode of the podcast. Maybe I'll do another bonus episode, too, for patrons. Uh, We'll see. I'll keep you posted. Um, The next thing I release will probably be on Wednesday. Uh, That'll be on the website. I'll do another Songs from Quarantine playlist. I encourage you to check out my Guitar Stories video on my YouTube channel. It's also on my Instagram. I talk about my 2014 Breed Love Pursuit. It's the acoustic guitar I've written basically all my songs on. Uh, since I've got started performing again in Albuquerque, that's the only instrument I've, I've played live. Um, and I tell the story of that instrument as well as some of the other guitars I've played. So check out my Guitar Stories on YouTube. Um, just do all the stuff. You've heard enough podcasts to know what podcasters want you to do. I want you to do all those same things. So (laughs) if you would just, just go and do those. All right, guys. Um, that's all I have. Uh, we're under an hour. I like that. Um, that that's all I have. I'm, I'm going to, uh, post this thing and, uh, like, uh, put on some different clothes and go on a long walk. And then I'll probably have some thoughts about how I regret what I said (laughs) just now in this episode. So I've rambled long enough. Friends, I love you. Thank you for being here. I love your listenership. I love your attention. And I'm flattered by it. And I'm so, so grateful. I love you. And I'll see you next time. Please, please shine on. Bye-bye.